1: chase thomas podcast. the chase thomas podcast <laughs> um, <laughs> my nephew needs me to record see i hate i already hate it i hate it all right welcome back chase thomas podcast taping this on a monday morning espn nfl draft analyst matt miller is here he's got the merch i feel like you're always in black black is definitely your color matt miller
0: you know, here's a, I'll, I'll start off the interview with a secret. I am very colorblind. And so a lot of times it's just easier, you know, to just grab something that's black, throw it on instead of having to make sure my wife is around to be like, Hey, please tell me that I'm not putting on something I shouldn't be putting on to be on camera today. So uh, it's just easier that way. Try to simplify things as well. You know, fewer decisions to make.
1: I, hey, I'm right here with you. The Nick Saban model, right? Like that's his whole thing. A few right, decisions right. as humanly possible. Same launch, all that. My wife can't stand it because my wife is all about variety. She's a sampler. Like last night, she's a big sampler um, in terms of uh, all that kind of thing. But like you said, mm-hmm. uh, limiting our choices on a daily uh, basis can go a long way. Um, yeah, sure. I want to talk to you about some NFL draft stuff. You're not going to believe this, man. I have some NFL draft questions for you. But <laughs> um, my first question to you is there a real chance Will Levis significantly drops in the first round based on what you're hearing at this uh, point?
0: Yeah, absolutely. There's a very much a chance. I think there are teams, and I I talked about this at the combine. There were teams I talked to that were a lot cooler on Levis than I I think previously uh, you know realized. But also, I always want to caution it with it only takes one team. You know, I mm. have been in this business since 2010, and over that time, one thing I've learned is that. 23 teams can tell you something but if you know or 30 teams 31 teams can tell you something and if one is like no we actually disagree with that it only takes that one team you know hmm. I, I i can remember one particular instance there was a player coming out of lsu uh sadiq charles he was an offensive tackle and i've done a lot of work on him and every team i talked to told me he's off our board he's off our board due to some off-field stuff one team was like no we have a we have a Day three, great on him. It was mm. the Washington, at the time, Washington football team. Mm. They drafted him in the fourth round. And I had that correctly in like a seven-round mock draft. And people were like, how the hell did you mm. know where this guy was going to go who's not an early-round prospect? And it was, you know, you do that legwork and you can find – is that maybe that one team you know Joe Mixon was another player coming out of uh out of Oklahoma where a lot of teams had him off their board the Cincinnati Mm -hmm. Bengals didn't so not that Levis has any of the off-field issues that that those two had or off-field question marks that those two had coming into the NFL but it only takes one team and I think with Levis we can we can all hypothesize like man this dude could fall to the late first he could fall to the second but if the Indianapolis Colts like him he could also be a top five pick so it's that's kind of the the fun part, but also the part that gives all of us draft analysts like severe anxiety is that it only takes one team to mess it all up.
1: Are you hearing more buzz about Hindenhooker in the first round?
0: Yes. Yeah, absolutely. And again, this is not, I wouldn't say it's new buzz chase, Mm. but it's, it's getting, it's getting brought back, you know, because Mm. I, I do think, even when, so he tours ACL November 19th mm. at that time, there was a lot of first round buzz uh, at the senior bowl. Uh, obviously he wasn't able to compete because of the entry, there was still a lot of talk. You would hear it all the time off, man, if he hadn't gotten hurt, if he mm. hadn't, if he hadn't hurt the knee, but I, then I think, you know, between the senior bowl and the combine, a lot of positive reports came out about his timeline, where he's at in terms of rehab, when he might be available, you know, that he might actually be available this season to mm. play. Um, I, I think those things kind of helped. And now people say, well, maybe the injury is not as much of a factor as we thought. So I definitely think so. Um, you know, as with anything, just like with the the Will Levis talk, um, we I think we've been fooled in the past looking for that next quarterback. You know, it's always, I mean, I, I don't know how long you've been doing this. You remember Mason Rudolph was supposed oh, yeah. to go late first round. Mm-hmm. Didn't happen, right? Mm-hmm. You know, and, and last year, Desmond Ritter, Malik Willis, maybe they could go late first round. They didn't even go date. They didn't go round two. So mm-hmm. I, I think you know a lot of times you hear there might be another one. You know there might be another guy. It feels like ever since Baltimore traded up to get Lamar Jackson, we've all been waiting for a team to do the same thing with another quarterback to lock in that five-year contract. We haven't seen it, but I think Hendon is is certainly talented enough to go in that you know mid to late twenty range.
1: So do you think there is just the incorrect narrative nationally with the way people like I'm obviously biased. I'm a Knoxville guy, a UT alum and a UT guy, mm-hmm. but and watch a lot of Hinden Hooker. But do you does it seem like there is a disconnect between those folks and what coaches in see with what Heupel's offense is and what how easy it will be to uh, acclimate guys from his scheme, whether it's Darnell Wright, Jalen Hyatt, Hinden Hooker, yeah. whoever, does it seem like there is a disconnect there?
0: There's definitely, I think, concern. Um, mm-hmm. I was even—I did Mel Kiper's radio show Saturday morning, and he was talking. He was like, "Hey, I don't see it with Hendon Hooker. Why do you like him?" Mm-hmm. And you know, he even brought up the scheme. You know, you're playing in a scheme that is just—it's kind of a—you know—that up tempo vertical mm-hmm. stretch. You're taking advantage of the hashes. You know, you're just—it's you, it, a beautiful scheme, and that's mm-hmm. not Josh Heupel's fault, right? I mean, it's mm-hmm. a—it's a great scheme, and I would even say about whether it's Hendon or Darnell Wright or uh, Jalen Hyatt, uh, Cedric Tillman, you know, yeah. next year brew mccoy will probably be the guy um it's that they can only do what their coach to do Mm. and i I think another thing you know a big scouting lesson is just because that's what a player was asked to do in college doesn't mean it's the only thing he can do so Mm. you try to evaluate the traits and with hendon hooker i see traits he's got the arm talent to make every throw in the box uh he's been accurate every throw he's been asked to make so what Mm. we've seen has been accurate doesn't turn the ball over even though you're in a scheme that asks you to push the ball vertically he has the best touchdown to interception ratio of any quarterback in this class, while having NFL size, NFL athleticism. So for me, I evaluate the traits of Hooker, and they say starting quarterback. And honestly, like to me, Hooker's traits plus production are actually better than a Will Levis because mm. you know Will has good traits. The production scares the hell out of him because he's thrown 23 interceptions the last two years. You know, and and was at Penn State where he couldn't start. Mm. So those things scare you a little bit. Whereas Hooker goes from. Virginia Tech, where he played, to mm-hmm. Tennessee, where he gets on the field immediately and elevates his game, I and mean, that gives me a little more, you know, of a good feeling about him.
1: And two different, completely different offenses that he came from. Uh, Absolutely, Virginia Tech. Yeah.
0: yeah.
1: Well, there you go. I love that. um Do you think it's the Vikings if hinden Hooker does go anywhere in the first round? Does the Vikings feel like the most oh, logical? I love
0: I love that fit. Yeah, absolutely. And, I mean, you know, you can look at the fact that Kirk Cousins is getting Mm -hmm. older. He's been playing on this magical dream contract that this front office really inherited, and they've just kind of been riding it out. So, yeah, I I think that would make sense. We'll have to see, you know, what happens. I think corner is such a -hmm. big area of concern for Minnesota that you kind of have to see who's on the board there. But I can't imagine a situation where if you believe Hinton Hooker is a future starter at quarterback, you take any other position, and it would be nice, you know, to have mm. him behind Kirk Cousins for a year. Make sure the knee is completely healed, and then you know, see what happens in twenty twenty four.
1: Percentage wise, last thing on Hinden and Will here. Percentage wise, that hinden Hooker goes before Will Levis in the draft this year. Five percent, ten
0: percent. It's low. It's okay. low. Now it would be awesome. I, I love the draft for the unpredictability. Mm-hmm. You know, for the oh my god, did that just happen? And we, I think we don't get that as much as we used to. It seems, you know, because of, you know, the proliferation of news, there's Mm. so many people who cover the draft now, which is great. It's awesome. I have a job because of it, but I feel like those, those, you know, Oh my God moments don't happen as much because we've we've kind of been told that, you know, to, to expect it. Even last year, like Trevon Walker going first overall Mm. over Aiden Hutchinson, if that had happened 15 or 20 years ago, we would have been freaking out because no one Mm. would have known, you know, it would have been a, a complete surprise. So, I definitely miss those days a little bit.
1: Uh, player not many are mocking in the first round that you would bet right now is going to go in the first round.
0: I would have said Hinden Hooker, but we've just spent 10 mm. minutes talking about him. So I can't say Hinden Hooker there. Um, mm. That is a good question. Um, Jameer Gibbs, maybe from mm. Alabama, with the idea that that means Bijan Robinson is gone early, mm. earlier. Bijan Robinson, right back from Texas. If he goes in the top 15, then I think it could open the door for a team like Buffalo Hmm. uh, at the end of round one to grab a Jameer Gibbs. Um, I'll try to think. Let me give you a a better name than that one. Um, John Michael Schmitz, the center from Minnesota. Hmm. I think he's another guy that could be there late first round the Giants really need help at center. So, uh, Hmm. you know, those are names that you probably see a lot in the top 40, top 50. If you look at all my mock drafts and big boards, but I think for the, for the casual draft observer, those would be pretty big surprises.
1: I like it. Uh, worst twenty twenty three tape of a player likely going re- to, likely to go in round one is who for you? Ooh, uh, Anthony Richardson. Mm. Um,
0: and I love Anthony, so this is not a knock on him at all. But I think the you know the completion percentage has been has been discussed at length. Some of it's on him. Some of it's not Mm. for me with Anthony. It's more just the inconsistency of the ball will come out of his hand. And I have no idea what's going to happen with it. Mm. And you know, it's, it's a roller coaster. The highs are top five pick, you know, the lows are gosh, if he can't clean that up, I don't know how he plays in the NFL because the, it's just so scattershot at times, but you know, they're, they're, they're now examples of guys who've cleaned up their mechanics and really reined in their accuracy. And I, I, I think he is athletic enough and a hard enough worker that he's going to be able to to make the necessary improvements. But that 22 tape was pretty rough at times.
1: What are the odds that he does still get number one overall? That there's a lot of smoke screen at the top with Carolina. Like, yeah, they're saying that we're going to go play basketball or whatever with CJ. Or do you think Anthony Richardson is absolutely still in play at one?
0: I think he's still in play right now. Um, okay. It would be. I think it would be foolish to have eliminated everything 24 days out. You haven't had your your private workouts yet. Hmm. In two weeks, we could probably revisit it and start to eliminate some people. But I, I think right now it would be it would be a little bit foolish to erase guys, especially someone that's not. You know, there are no threshold issues there unless they unless they look at the accuracy and say this is a thresh, threshold issue. I tend to think once you account for drops and, and poor receiver play. The completion percentage does come up a little bit three feel better about it but um if i had if i could bet on the nfl draft i would say cj stroud number one is where i would put my money though
1: mm. and then do you think it's clean with bryce young at two to houston
0: should be should be mm. but it's houston so you never know yeah. right i mean even even with nick casario there i think he's more of a textbook drafter um mm. it, it should be should be pretty clean there
1: interesting um who do you anticipate will be the best player available for the falcons at eight right now
0: oh man i did a i did a top 10 mock draft last week and people got Mm -hmm. on me about it because i had them take jackson smith and jig the receiver from ohio state but it was truly like a best player available and you know kyle pitts had that really good rookie year and then did not do well in a, a sophomore campaign and he's kind of a tight end, kind of a receiver, but mm-hmm. in my, my thought process and you don't get to say this in a, a screenshot of something that's thrown on TV was mm-hmm. if you're going to roll with Desmond Ritter and you already have a good offensive line and you already have a good running back, why wouldn't you do everything humanly possible to give Desmond Ritter a chance? And I think mm-hmm. you can look at Cincinnati. You, have, you had three young wide receivers dominating. And I think in Atlanta you could replicate that with Drake London with JSN, with Kyle Pitch. You could have your your core group of guys, all young, all on rookie contracts or, – or, excuse me, you know, first five-year contracts to where you're, you're inexpensive and you could be dominant. So, uh, best player available, I think for me it will probably be, you know, based on a big board, it will be Bijan John Robinson or Jackson Smith and Jigba. Uh, for their needs, you know, a pass rusher like Lucas Van Ness from Iowa, I think mean, it makes a lot of sense for the way they're building that team.
1: Mm. But
0: – Atlanta's one of the dominoes that'll so be really interesting to see which direction they go.
1: I wouldn't hate it. Like you said, I think when you just beef up, especially with Ritter, where so much is re- just relying on him because you're not taking the swing at Lamar. Yeah. You've seen this around the board. Like, it didn't hurt Jalen Hurts to go out and trade a little bit early for an right. A.J. Brown. Like, you signed Matt Collins, who I think should start right away. Like, Scotty Miller is on yeah. this team now. He might be a second <laughs> of it. Like, you just... With what they were rolling out last right. year, Lemonade is and company, it was it was bad. And Kyle Pitts, you were just not certain if he's going to be healthy over the f- right. course of a full season. Drake London was awesome, maybe the best re- uh, receiver, uh, rookie receiver last year, and that's a positive sign. If you're a Falcons fan like myself, you're to like, okay, yeah, Jason feels like a reach, but also like that is also pretty awesome. And that man did not play much football this right. past year, so he should be uh, <laughs> he should be ready to go. He's fresh, but, yeah, mm-hmm, he's very fresh. Very- um, late round player. You wouldn't be surprised, pops, in the NFL.
0: Oh man, this is it's, this is actually one of my favorite topics. Um, I was talking to someone last night about Travis Dye, the running back from USC, who was mm. at Oregon, goes to USC. He's been banged up in the pre-draft process, so like you have not heard about him. Mm. But he is like Isaiah Pacheco last year, where this dude just runs like his hair is on fire. You know, he mm. he runs like if I don't run my ass off, they're not going to give me the ball again. So mm. some of that like just effort-based running. And he has, I mean, he has NFL size, he's got good, not great speed, he's got good agility, uh, he catches the ball well. Mm. So it, you know, maybe it's easy to pick a running back because you know you're a Falcons fan. Mm. You saw what Tyler Alger did last year, Pacheco in Kansas City. Yeah. I mean, it's it's a spot where if you're a even if you're a seventh round pick, you could be a starter for a Super Bowl team. So mm. uh, but I do, I mean, I love Travis Dye, but this I, I think there's so much value in this draft because of whether it be the COVID years, you know, we've got a lot of super seniors in this class where you know, guys have played a ton of football and they're maybe being overlooked a little bit, but you know they have four or five years experience. They're going to be able to come in and and play very very early as opposed to, you know, a normal draft. You got guys who start one two three years and they've got to learn.
1: Where do you want Travis Dad to go?
0: Oh man, I'm a 49ers fan, so I would yeah. say I would say San Francisco. Also mm-hmm. because, you know, the way they they turn out running back production there. I mean, mm-hmm. Tennessee I think would be a fun fit because. I think, hmm. At some point, Derrick Henry has to slow down. I think, like, mm. conceivably, Derrick Henry's going to slow down. And I think Die would fit what they do there, which, you know, would also mean Atlanta would be a good landing spot for him, even though you have Algier, who, you know, had a fantastic year last year.
1: Yeah, Algier's just like the reincarnation of Michael Turner, and I never thought that was actually going to be a thing that I would watch a Falcons game and be like, yeah. wow, that's Michael Turner all over again. Like, I never thought there'd be another Turner, uh, just a bowling ball uh, running through, and yeah. you just... Never thought he would have that uh, kind of breakaway speed. Travis Dye, that's interesting. Um, last one for you here. Most aggressive team will be who on day one of the draft, do you think?
0: Ooh, man, I think it will be Houston. I really do, mm-hmm. because of the the draft capital. You know, you've got two this year, two first this year, two first next year uh, still. So they, they just have so much capital to be aggressive, to move around. So mm-hmm. uh, I find them fascinating. You know, like, do they – let's say they take a quarterback at 2 what do you do at 12 do, do you get mm-hmm. aggressive to go get Bryce Young a wide receiver uh do you start to rebuild that defense that i mean is very 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 weak right now especially in the front seven so uh i i definitely think and it and with you know a new head coach there with D'Amico Ryan's like you've we're going to see his his fingerprints all over this thing so i they're they're a team that i think could be super aggressive i mean if they walked out with three first round picks i wouldn't be surprised hmm
1: Actually, can I ask you one quick final run-through? Absolutely. Through Do it. Okay. It's a Tennessee thing because you've got my brain spinning here. I'm going to throw the names out and you're going to tell me which round you think they go in on April 3rd. Ooh, this is fun. Yeah. Okay. Darnell Wright. First round. No doubt. Okay. Hooker, Early second. Okay. Uh, Jeremy Banks.
0: Ooh, fourth. Fourth? I'm gonna say full, fourth. I think these. I think the linebacker class. I think those guys come off later this year.
1: Interesting. Well, I didn't. I didn't know if he'd get drafted. Like that's interesting. Okay, oh, Jim, well, there we go. That's that high. That's a, a win for Banks. Tennessee. He's, yeah.
0: Man, I think he's like my sixth linebacker.
1: Interesting. So, yeah, you should watch that tape against South Carolina without him. Like that was. That's all he needs to show teams is just what happened <laughs> right? in South Carolina. Um, Byron Young.
0: Uh, I think I have a third round grade on him.
1: Okay um cedric tillman
0: third as well i love cedric tillman though i know you said like rapid fire but yeah but i love cedric tillman like if he if he's healthy Mm -hmm. i love that dude
1: princeton fant
0: oh i don't know if i have him
1: okay he didn't make it Does princeton fant not make it our favorite h back here
0: number 348 on my board so not draftable but he made the board
1: very close so he he sticks with somebody like very San Francisco cool. feels like a good fit for him right like yeah. Kyle Shanahan could a, figure out a way to move him around and do stuff
0: for a fullback you're probably not going to get drafted just the way that the economics yeah. of the game but you could still play for like 10 or 12 years yeah there
1: you go Jerome Carvin
0: uh I think same I think I had sixth sixth round grade on, on him
1: okay yeah. let me look
0: yep sixth round grade See, I'm starting to like lock it in the memory of these guys, which there is important go. this time of year.
1: You're going to be all like, "I got you on the Tennessee stuff." You're just going to be ready to go on any Tennessee questions Yeah, here in the future, I got you <laughs> locked and loaded. I think that's it. I mean, that's a really big class for Tennessee. I think that's yeah, really Jalen strong. Hyatt.
0: You, the Jalen Hyatt was. The, oh, no, I didn't see Hyatt. One. I forgot about the, the, Jalen Hyatt. Yeah. yeah. And I feel like I'm the highest on Hyatt of all mm. the draft analyst guys. I I've him in my top twenty-five, mm. but if he's if he's a second-round pick, I won't be surprised. Really. Yeah. I mean, just because I think like we talked about with Hendon, it's like the, you're kind of a one trick pony. I happen Mm -hmm. to think that one trick is really, really good. And there's value for some of the runs as well as he does deep Mm -hmm. threats. Um, My comp for him was Will Fuller who went earlier than people thought when he came out. So I'll be hoping good things for Hyatt.
1: Those kids are always going to get crushed, and it's not fair because they're just going to be like the fans are going to, like, it happened with Henry Ruggs, where it's like, oh, what a reach by the Raiders at the time. Yeah. And then, well, like, it just those kind of speedster types are just Corey
0: Coleman, John yeah. Ross. Yeah, you're always, yep.
1: Nobody likes those picks. They're just like, what else does he do? But it kind of speaks to what you're saying, where it's like, well, if he's really good at that in college, like, that's what they're going to do. It's matchup. like, you can't stop. Alabama couldn't stop Jalen Hyatt. So we're going to keep doing that. Uh,
0: I like to remind people of that exact point. Mm -hmm. Nick Saban couldn't stop this dude. So maybe he's good at football.
1: Maybe. There you go. ESPN's uh, Matt Miller here. Uh, Go read him. He's got a great sub stack. The Draft Scout, you got um, uh, just all kinds of great radio hits, um, all kinds of great uh, content over on the mothership. Thank you so much for making the time, Matt, today. This was awesome. And good luck. Stay sane over the next uh, few weeks to months here as we are in the thick of things. Thanks so much. And I would love to talk to you again soon.
0: Absolutely, man. Appreciate it. Thanks. Thanks, Matt.
1: This has been Ingram, radio voice of the Atlanta Braves, and I'm here to tell you that you've reached the end of today's episode of the Chase Thomas Podcast. As a friend of the podcast, I'd like to say thank you for listening to today's episode and hope you return for the next one. To show your support for the program, tell a friend or coworker, or even a family member about the program. And if you're an Apple Podcast listener, leave the show a rating and a review. It goes a long way. That'll do it for me. But don't forget to listen to myself and the rest of the team at 680 The Fan and the Braves Radio Network this season. Go Braves!
0: Chase, I think I'm going to hear more about you. I really do. I think you've got a way about you, that you're interviewing, Mm
1: -hmm. your
0: um, pleasantness, you're smart. So I think I'm
1: going to hear big things about you.